Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 We have a special guest today who I know some of you are going to know who this is. Uh, before we get to Corey, I just want to let you know we are tnholler.com at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. We're also all these other hollers all throughout the state that are trying to holler and yell the truth and hold our elected officials accountable. And we depend on your support. We really appreciate it. Chip in and 10 bucks a month. We send you one of these sweet holler hats. Corey, I'm going to send you a holler hat too. Word? Just for fun. You can have a holler hat. Absolutely. I think sweet. Trey has one. He does. Uh, I've seen him wear it. Oh, good. Well, so Corey, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm. It's beautiful here, man. I'm pumped up. You know that, uh, as the poet laureate Kurt Cobain said, weather changes moods. And I just walked out, and it's 70 degrees. So I feel like I live in a completely different country right now. Absolutely, it was freezing last week, and now mm-hmm. it's beautiful. So people know we can see your comments if you want to comment along, and if you have any questions for Corey. Corey, start maybe by telling us where are you. Well, I'm in uh, one of the most famous parts of Georgia present day. I'm in District 14, Walker County, Georgia. Uh, Chickamauga is the city. That's where your boy lives. So that's where I'm at ground zero right now. All right. You called it ground zero, I think, because of this woman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was mocked for saying wearing a mask, saying censored while speaking of the nation on live TV. She's a avid follower of QAnon. When did you first hear about? I'm not going to ask you all about her, but but you brought it up. So let's start by when did you first hear about this woman and and you know, what do people think of her there? Well, I first heard about her like probably most people around here was literally just seeing yard signs with her name on it. And it's okay. Here's and her yard signs, they say Marjorie Taylor Greene elect it's like elect me stop socialism. Now you got to understand that where <laughs> Now you got to understand that where I'm from, are you from, are you familiar with the fact that you can always see your nose, but because you can always see it, your brain actually tunes it out. Yes. So, which is why it's, it's the phenomenon of when you're driving to a place that you've driven before, oftentimes you get there and go, wait, I don't even remember getting here. Cause your brain takes information that it processes a lot and it goes, we don't need that. You see it a lot. So my point is when I see that sign, it doesn't affect me. I'm just like, <laughs> right. I'm just like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's like, like Marsha Blackburn for us. Exactly. I'm like, why wouldn't this be a thing? Like, it's not like that doesn't repulse me and it doesn't make me want to go, Hey, could you define socialism please for yes, all these people? Thank you. Of course it makes me want to do that. But at the same time, it's one of those things that I guess I just take it for granted because it just happens all the time. So I start seeing her name pop up there, but I, and I just assume being honest with you until I've been kind of a bad liberal, bad progressive dude in the sense of like, I really did just think, well, my area and Georgia, the state were kind of a lost cause. I always vote, but very selfishly. The reason I vote is because I'm like, 
I bet you they could figure out if I didn't, and then they'd think I was an asshole for like <laughs> saying saying all this stuff all the time, and then not actually making my voice heard. But like, let me, me just let me just let me just help you out there. They yeah. can go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, trust me. That's why I vote. Yeah. But like to me, it was like this is a foregone conclusion. Georgia's going to be red, especially in my district. That a person like this is going to win. But again, I still vote. Now, when Georgia flipped this year, and I started sensing it a little early, but I was like, man. Don't get your hopes up, son. You know how that works, being a right. Georgia fan and all. Uh, and uh, But with her, I, I didn't really follow it too closely because, again, to me, it was just like, yeah, this is par for the course. And I kind of – I obviously regret that a little bit. I don't think I could have done anything about it at the time uh, because, I mean, she ran unopposed. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, she was in the primary, she obviously didn't. But then she had a guy who was running against her. He got death threats, so he left. Is that why? Because I heard yeah. it was a family thing. It was really that. It, I mean, okay, you hear a lot of stuff, but yeah. then I hear the other stuff where they're like, well, what they say out loud is not what really happened. And so, from what I hear, now I could be wrong, but from what I hear, the whole family thing, it was because the family didn't like the fact that they were getting death threats. Wow. So that's really kind of an underknown fact. What you're saying there is Marjorie Taylor. First of all, didn't she like move into a district to run that's, there? That's also what I hear. And yeah. again, I can't confirm this. That could not be true. Um, so, but yeah. I will say I've never heard of her before. And it's our, our, our district and Walker County is the biggest County in Georgia, but still like, I know, I know people that work for the County and I hear a lot of things and, and I've never heard of this person. And I also haven't, very unconfirmed person who told me, and this person lives in Marietta, Georgia. was like, dude, she was my neighbor <laughs> in Marietta like two years ago. And so, so that's another part of, of Georgia. That's another, yeah, not, not in this district at okay. all. It's, that's close to Atlanta. So it's possible she moved there just to run. She yeah. seems to have run unopposed because the guy got death threats. And the thing is like, yeah. I, here's, here's how I know for a fact the guy got death threats. Yeah. I get death threats. I, I have got in the past couple I've got, I've gotten death threats my entire career but like you, you, once every now and then once in a blue moon um dude this past these past couple months because of what I've said about her and because of what I've said about QAnon I mean my inbox is just constant like the very least I'll get is boy you better hope you never run into a real american <laughs> right. we get those too by the way here in tennessee I'm but sure i can know. imagine that you've definitely been under an onslaught and imagine so, if i was actually running well, so I well okay okay i mean right. you're like i've been sort of messaging you about this and i know that you know you said no i know but <laughs> but let me just say you're talking to somebody who did run yeah so i ran for congress in a district that's probably as conservative as yours mm -hmm. and i just want to say i know there's probably no chance of convincing you to consider this. I'm not going to ex expect you to walk away from here thinking you're going to, but I just want to put the bug in your ear. It was one of the greatest things I've ever done. I met yeah. so many, and, and I, it was hopeless for me too, but I met so many people. It's a great way to know your community. You know, it, 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 I hopefully encouraged others to run who may not have thought about it. I actually ran because John Ossoff ran for Congress in yeah. Georgia. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought about it otherwise. I was motivated because Marsha Blackburn was our representative. Somebody had to run against her. She had been running unopposed for far too long. I went looking to go help whoever that was going to be. There was none. And so I did it. So Corey, let me just put the bug in your ear. It is a great experience. Plus for a comedian, like you will, it's basically like being a comedian, except you're actually talking about the issues. People would eat you up, man. Except for what you're not understanding, the part about me being a comedian is that that's why I don't win. And then that's also why when I don't win, 
I then don't have a career to come back to. Well, based on what you based you on kidding? what? What are you? What yeah. are you talking about? Everybody okay. wants you to run. I, yeah, because okay, because everybody sees me as what they want to see me online. Everyone, especially on our side, and you know this, and I'm guilty of this in a lot of ways too. The only way I'm not guilty of this is that I'm a comedian and in entertainment, so I'm a little bit more sensitive to it, and I kind of know how the game works. Everyone wants every progressive and every liberal wants a perfect person. And there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people who right now how they view me is oh he's perfect. He's a sweet, <laughs> sweet Southern guy with an accent that thinks the way I do. And by the way, I am those things. I'm absolutely those things. But I'm also a guy who started out doing stand-up comedy when he was 16 years old and drank, did every drug known to man, said God knows what. And also, the type, dude, listen, the type of shit that people are going to say about me in this campaign, by the way, a lot of them not true, guaranteed. I know some of the people I went to school with, and I've even now that I'm not running for anything, I'll hear some of my friends go, hey, so-and-so said back in high school you did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, what are you even, I didn't even have that class. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so my point is, is like, I feel like if I run, then all of a sudden there, it just goes deeper into my Facebook, deeper into my Twitter. And it's like stuff I don't even, oh, oh shit, I don't even remember saying that. I, I was trying to be funny. And then I don't win the election because I was never going to win. Because what you have to understand is people in my area don't like me. Like at, at, because but of that's that. so it's so liberating. You know, you're probably not going to win. I know, you but know, then I don't have a yeah. comedy career to come back to because I oh. get canceled for some bullshit that Marjorie Taylor Greene says well, that I did. I will. I, I will say this: if you ever were to do it, definitely before you ever told anyone you were even thinking about it, go through your Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I've done shit. And delete I did that, that five years ago. <laughs> right. But I'm saying, like, all I'm saying, like, I, dude, I've had people. I've had people just in the past five years that our tour has been popular. Me and Tra I've had people from around here say some crazy shit about me. Some of them I'll, I'll admit were half truths, you know, mm -hmm. that said some crazy shit about me that I'm like, Hey, first off that, what that part, that's not even true. And that second part, if you contextualize that with the fact that I was 17 years old, then it, uh, whatever. Oh, uh, and I always have to go, yeah, you know what? I'm very sorry that I'm not the same man I was at 17 years old. But my point is, is like I, a lot of, I, I, well, just I, don't, mean, I don't want to go through that. And selfishly, I don't want to stop you. being a comedian. That's fine. And totally fair. This is your, your life. <laughs> no, I, I want two, you to keep I, convincing me. Go ahead. Okay, good. All right, good. <laughs> I'd like to. Uh, I have two DUIs. Uh -huh. Never came up. Uh, Jewish. That wasn't a thing. Really? Uh, yeah. They wasn't just a knew thing. they going to whip your ass anyway. Probably they? true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I definitely was not a, 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 a wallflower in high school, college either. But what I will say is this. There's a guy who just ran for president and won who stole from his own charity, had like 22 women say he sexually assaulted or raped them, admitted it uh -huh. on camera. Yes. You know, nothing you did I is going to be worse than anything that man does on a daily basis. Okay, but you're you're failing to see the big picture here. I'm not running in his party. You know what That's I'm saying? True. I'm not yeah. running in his party. If dude, oh my God, bro, bro. If I wanted to be why not? Maybe you should. if I wanted to be a Republican, I could be the president of the goddamn United States <laughs> in 15 to 20 years. I could I would be dude, I would be a senator here. I would absolutely, but I'm not that. And the the good thing, the good thing about liberals and the and the bad thing about liberals are the exact same thing. We have insanely high standards. Yes. Okay. And true. here's the deal: if we didn't have insanely high standards, Al Franken would be the president right now. 
That's just uh, true. He would be. But you know what? One time he mimed grabbing a titty and and he not even wait. He was like, you know what? I know how my party is. I gotta go. So yeah, dude. If I wanted to run as a Republican, you are goddamn right. I would win. I would be a billionaire. I'd be all these things. <laughs> but unfortunately, I have integrity and shame, and therefore, I would never be a good politician. All right. Well, offline, you can tell me what it is you think that actually will will sink your career because I haven't I heard it. Have, I, a super I soaker, a super soaker full of piss. <laughs> that isn't gonna do it. And I'll tell you right now, people on both sides of the aisle want to vote for this, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> People on both sides of the aisle want that to represent them in Congress. I tell you that right now. Uh, all right. Well, I won't spend all day hammering you about that. I like hearing that people think I'm qualified to be a politician. I, I really, I really <laughs> am, am telling you it is a great experience. If there is no real thing in your closet that you're thinking about right now. There's no, I mean, again, it's, no, it's well not. worth doing. I don't regret <laughs> it for one second. By the way, one thing that does happen that I, that would happen to you also, I got in knowing I was going to lose. But then as you run and you start to meet people, you start to convince yourself, wait a minute, like people are responding to this. Right. You know, people are sharing my stuff. And by the end of it, I was out there the the last night, by the way, I won a primary against somebody I shouldn't have beat. So that was good. But then I came to the general election and I thought, you know what? I might actually win this thing. And I was shaking hands. Like every single person I talked to might be that one vote. And I lost by 30 points. So you can convince yourself that it's actually going really well if you want to. Well, no, that's the thing. I'm, I actually think I would be more scared of what would happen if I won. Yeah. Because, because like, dude, and I'll I'll be the, I'll, people can be mad about what I'm about to say all they want. I understand that. I, I think that I would probably, be mad at someone for saying this. This is how big of a hypocrite I am. I'm genuinely too selfish. I don't want to stop doing comedy. And if I ran, if I ran and I won, I would do a good job because I'd want to do a good job. And then knowing me and I know the ego trip that I'd go down, I'd be like, well, shit, I mean, <laughs> I got to run for governor or senator, blah, blah, blah. And then I got, I know that. And then all of a sudden I'm not doing this. Like I've been, I've been, I wanted to be a stand up comedian when I was five years old. And to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. And this is the selfish part of me. I'm like, I don't care how bad this country needs you, Corey. You, they don't get to take this from you. Yeah, but <laughs> you know see, what I mean. You're already like I've seen you. You know, I've been following you a little while, and you have it in you to talk about political stuff already. Yeah, you know, sure. a lot of comedians won't touch that stuff, but you already do. I actually saw an interview with you, and I almost grabbed the clip, but you said basically that the comedians that you respect talk about the hard stuff. And yeah. that's a really important thing. And then I, I think like, just, I know we're spending too much. I didn't really mean to do this to you, but no, you seem okay. open to it. Mind. Okay. Oh, I'm uh, mad. Dude, I'm not mad right now. I'm, I, I'm flattered. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay, good. Well, one, you, you don't need to not do comedy to run for, I'm telling you, running for, con- this is what running for Congress is. Running for, con- what does this sound like to you? You go from place to place, giving the same speech over and over again in a different spot to a different crowd and you change it up a little bit based on what's going on. I mean, what does that sound like to you? So you don't really need to stop. (laughs) So be funny. Are you kidding? Being funny would be, it would make you way more likely. I wouldn't make as much money. That's true. I, that's there you true. go. They, I'm that's very true. so. I, I need that goddamn paycheck back. Okay. You, you know? are allowed to pay yourself, though. A lot of people don't know this. You're allowed to I pay don't yourself. Trust myself. <laughs> no, you're allowed to pay yourself basically what you were making before, and they do that actually for a good reason. I didn't do this, but they do it to make running for office more accessible to people who don't have a lot of money. It's a good right. reason. They passed it a few years back, and you know, I think other. I know that other people have done it. 
But right. I mean, think about it. Ocasio Cortez, she was a bartender. Right. Like, you know, it's good for regular folks to get in there. And once you get in there, oh my goodness, be yourself and everybody will love you. And that's what we're seeing more and more of. So, and then Samuel says, got to get Trey and Drew also. Let's segue out of the hammering you for running for <laughs> office thing. I'm going to keep doing it in the DMs though. And that's if, you have okay. any, if you have any questions about it, please feel free to ask. It was, it was a great time. How do you know Trey and Drew? Where, where does that all come from? I've known Trey and Drew actually for going on a 10, 10, 11 years. Um, because when I, let's see, when I met them, they had like just started doing stand up, and I'd been doing stand up for maybe six or seven years or something like that. And, uh, you know, we met then, and then we've been writing together ever since, but the tour didn't pop off till about five years after we met. So basically, what it is is like, if you know, if you, if you know how stand up comedy works in New York and LA, it's like, Here's a club. There's a club. Here's a club. There's a club. Here's a club. Yeah. There's a club. Well, in the South, on the Southern Circuit, there's a club every two hours. You know, uh -huh. and I worked at Chatt at the Chattanooga Comedy Catch, and those guys were up at uh, in Knoxville at Side Splitters. And basically, how it worked in those days, you, you got to understand. Also, this is pre Twitter, really pre. It's pre Facebook. It's pre YouTube was a thing, but like basically, comedy was in its purest form still, almost where it was like you go, you do jokes. You get big in the club, and that's how you get – that's how you pop off. You start headlining and word of mouth spreads. So, like, how it would work was we'd have an open mic down in um, in uh, in Chattanooga, and those guys had done a million shows in Knoxville. The they, They'd done the same stuff to the same crowd forever, and they're like, all right, we got to go do a show in Chattanooga and try these jokes out to new people. So they'd call us, and they'd be like, hey, we're going to bring 10 guys down there. Can we do a showcase? And then we'd be like, yeah, and we'll send 10 of our guys that night or something to Knoxville, you know, and kind of swap out or whatever. And we would pass each other, and then we would do <laughs> we would do shows together and stuff. And it was an aha moment for all three of us because we hurt, we all hurt each – and we're, we're different. We're all, we all have a different style of comedy, but it comes from the same place, and that place is this. There's two types of Southern comedians, both – are fine by the way but there's usually two types of southern comedians we say that this is our kind of canned answer but it's the best answer you either lean into your accent full bore and go full cable guy and everything's about being a redneck and that's totally fine i love larry the cable guy or the other type is if you're if you're a comedian from the south that wants to talk about the issues or something you drop your accent <laughs> and like David Cross, for instance, you might not even know he's from Georgia. Didn't Bill know that. H Bill Hicks, a lot of people wouldn't know he's from Georgia because they they decided early on, I want to talk about smart stuff and people probably I don't now I don't know that they had this cognizant thought, but like you drop your accent because you're like people won't take me serious. Us three on our own had all come to the thought, fuck that, I'll do both. Like I'm I don't give a shit that you think I'm dumb because I sound this way. You're about to be floored when I talk about the things that I'm gonna talk about. And at the time, none of us knew how big of a cheat code that was. And frankly, it took the world a long time to realize what a cheat code was because we wrote together for years, did stand up for years, and it was always all these guys are different, but finally one day it clicked. It's like it Trey always says, We're the group that people look and go, Oh my God, they said something smart in a dumb way. <laughs> <laughs> right. And well, and so it just works. Well, I think it's great. And you know, I know Trey's been on here too and and really good guy. And he's from Clay County, Tennessee, for the yeah. Tennesseans that are watching. Salina, I think. And yeah, uh that's it. You know, but it is really great to see you guys leaning into I know people appreciate it from where you're from too, especially. So, but I gotta ask, like, have you always been 
the progressive or the liberal of your friends or was there a moment was there a wake up moment that you had i definitely was always like if it's a sliding scale yes you know what i'm saying like even when i look back at myself in high school when i wouldn't consider I, I look back in like shame with so many things because you know i grew up in a a pretty much all white place a lot of it was from i realized i realize now like man so much of what you learn it wasn't that your teachers were trying to lie to you. It's just that that's literally what they believed because that's what they'd been told. And so, like, I forgive myself for a lot of it. I'm like, dude, you had no other way to know. You didn't grow up in the Wikipedia age. You didn't grow up in the Twitter age when information was so accessible. And if you had a question about something, you could go find it. You grew up in a time where you just assumed these old people knew what they were talking about because they just assumed these old people knew what they were talking about. And so I forgive myself a little bit and the older people a little bit. Nowadays, I'm like, even me, even people my age and their age, I'm like, look, man, we got the internet. There, You saw that black guy get shot by a cop. You saw it. Nobody has to tell you, you saw it. We all had the same footage. We all saw it. There's no more excuses for this. So I look back at my life in high school and I think, hey, man, you could have done a lot better. And it's like, well, who can't say that about high school? But but, but still, uh, compared to my friends, yes, I was still the liberal queer because I was in the drama. I mean, I played football, but I was also in the drama club. And I'd been wanting to do stand-up for, I mean, since I was five. So, like, I was always a performer. And where I'm from, performer and gay hippie liberal all these terms are interchangeable and i was always and 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 i heard what people said about oh hollywood elitist liberals and i was like those are my heroes <laughs> so i was definitely further along progressively than them however i would not be friends with even probably 25 year old me if that makes sense Absolutely makes a lot of sense. Uh, I want to ask you then because you have this perspective and I think you do some thinking about this, you know, part of why we started the holler is to be able to, and we called it the holler mm -hmm. is to be able to reach the kind of places that you're talking about. You know, if we called it, you know, progressive liberal mania yeah. or whatever, you know, it, it would show up in people's feeds and they disregard it. Yeah. Uh, how do you reach the people that you're talking about? Like if you were, if, if, if the, you know, Georgia is actually doing a little bit better, but let's say the Tennessee democratic party brought you in as a consultant and said, we are not doing well in rural Tennessee. Is there something that you would say to them about, you know, messaging or a way to reach people that you grew up with? Well, the only thing top of my head and from the, the things I've thought is like, I, I've had to kind of realize over the years that like, look, man, there are some people that genuinely are a lost cause. A lot of people around here are never going to even remotely attempt to see things from the other side. The only thing that I've found to be true in the past couple of years that even, even and it's crazy to say this because I'm technically one of them, but like, it's been interesting to see like how many actual progressive people do live in this state. And also because of that, I found out how many people were undecided and on the fence, which is something that like, I, I remember as a kid thinking, well, yeah, that's, that makes sense. You don't know, like it, it could go either way. But in the past couple of years, you've thought surely to God undecided isn't a thing anymore. Like you have to have, that's how undecided. I feel, you know, and I did too. And like, so then when they, when they show up, like they're like, Ken bone once again is an undecided voter. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. Ken bone once again is a fucking dipshit. So, <laughs> 
but you realize how many people in this state are like, actually, I think I could get behind Joe Biden. So I guess the thing I would say to the Democratic National Party is that, look, man, uh, as you can see, Georgia is no longer a flyover state, which is the, the term that you like to use for these places in the middle of the country that you're not going to campaign in anyways. I mean, Hillary Clinton did very bad in 2016, and I think it was because she was like, well, she had the same idea as I did, which is not good if you're Hillary Clinton to have the same idea as me, which is what's the point of really pushing it down there? I'm not going to win. Well, to me, the dominoes are starting to fall. And now that Georgia has turned blue, I, I, if, if anybody out there is listening that has listened to me on several other interviews, you're about to hear a, uh, a metaphor that you're familiar with that I've been using for a while, but I just think it makes sense. When Georgia flipped blue, to me, I think the Roger Bannister effect is about to happen. Where, for those that don't know, Roger Bannister ran the four-minute mile. Before Roger Bannister ran the four-minute mile, everybody was like, that's it. That ain't going to happen. You can't do that. For years and years, it ain't going to happen. Roger Bannister did it, and then after Roger Bannister did it, 10 people did it, like within the same year, because all they needed to know was that it could happen. So when I, if I'm from Mississippi, of course I felt hopeless. Of course I felt alienated. But then I see what happens in Georgia, and all of a sudden, these people are going, wait, I have a voice. We can do this. If Georgia can do it, and Alabama's looking at it like, hey, now, you know, with this Roy Moore bullshit, we got to get over it. We can do that. We can get mobilized. So to me, you got to understand that you're probably not going to make waves on the other side and bring someone that's a complete extremist over to your side. But what you can do is actually talk to those people who are undecided, who probably would give you a shot if they thought for one second that you gave a rat's ass about them. Because even though he was wrong, Donald Trump, he was wrong, he's a liar, he's a piece of shit, even though he's all those things, he at least went out of his way to lie and to say to these working people, hey, I'll bring your job back. Again, full of shit, but nobody except for Bernie, Bernie did that, which is why Bernie had some of his biggest rallies in Kansas, and which is why when Bernie didn't get the nod, all those people didn't go to Hillary like they thought they were going to. They either didn't vote or a lot of them went to Donald Trump because they go, at least this guy came here and said some shit. So what I would, I'm getting riled up. So what I would say to the Democrats is at least fake like you care. I know that you don't, but fake like that you care and you'd be amazed how that makes somebody feel. That's what I'd say. I think that's really good advice. Um, I think a lot of it is about feeling heard. And, Absolutely. You, know, uh, I, you know, I have a neighbor here. He didn't vote for me. Uh, but, you know, we sat down to talk when I was running. And, you know, some of the things that I think a lot of progressives and liberals and Democrats just sort of assume is like trolling on on their part. They just want to feel heard. And, and they actually do believe like, for instance, the abortion issue, which is the third rail. But like they genuinely believe what they're they're saying on that issue. Yeah. It's a really tough issue. And, you know, for a lot of them, they just feel like, oh, it's dismissed. You know, it's a tough, but you, you got to feel heard. And a lot of the places that I went, they they hadn't really met a Democrat in a long time who had been out there campaigning where they are. So I think what you're saying is, is you know, on the one hand, you're saying at least have the decency to lie to them. But on the other hand, I think what you're saying is go go talk to them. Yeah. And, you know, showing up is, is such a big part of it. Uh, but there are definitely lost causes. And, you know, I think one of the ways that you came across a lot of people's 
uh, radars was when the insurrection happened. And I just got to ask you about that. I mean, you know, we saw uh, a lot of ugliness happen at the Capitol. We saw a lot of people climbing the walls and, and you got pretty emotional about what you were seeing. What was it that, that got you to that place? Well, here's what it is, is that even though I know those people exist and that they are insane people. And I know that, you know, uh, and this is also coming after Biden won Georgia. I, I even further believe those people to be outliers. And I was like, yeah, I mean, fuck them and QAnon and all that shit. But like, that's such a small percentage of a small percentage anyways. But then I saw, I had a buddy of mine who, he accidentally got put in this group text because he has the same first name as one of the other dudes that was supposed to be in the group text. And it was these guys that I went to high school with. And it was two days before the election, like before the insurrection had even happened talking about, Hey, are you guys going to go to DC? And are you going to, are y'all going to riot? And that none of them went by the way, because they're pussies. (laughs) But, but like when I saw like, Oh my God, even if they're outliers, you know, some of them like this is real. Like these aren't, this isn't just TV magic. These people Mm -hmm. live in your hometown. I got so mad. And, and like all the years of them calling me a snowflake, wanting a handout, bitching, moaning, whining, complaining, all that just, I mean, I, 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 I I don't even, I couldn't tell you right now one word I said in that video. And I couldn't tell you after I made it because I was just, I was, I saw red. I was so mad. I was like, I got to get this out. That's why it wasn't funny. I was like, I'm just mad. I got to, I got to get this out. And like, I know that that sounds stupid. Like, you know, hey, you can just be mad. You don't have to tell the internet. And I get that. And obviously, being a performer, there is definitely a, no, if I, if I put out something that I know is important, that'll help me out. Like, of course I know that. But more so than anything, to me, the reason I got so mad and the reason that I got so vocal about it was I re- like around here. You if you uh, if you ask around, nobody in my hometown is a racist. No one, which is weird because I've seen the pictures of people on the other side of the German shepherds in 1960. You know what I'm saying? In the South that were screaming at black people to get out of the diner. I've seen those. And I know they, it's not a coincidence. Coincidentally, all those people didn't just die. They're, you know what I'm saying? So, but how do you find them? How do I know where this person's papaw stood? Well, in the future, because we have Twitter and because I'm a public figure, my grandkids are going to be able to pretty much type in my name plus any event from history and find out where I stood on it. And I wanted for goddamn sure to everyone to know, have no questions where I stood on this particular event. And that's how I felt for the past four years of just like, I don't know if it's like a legacy thing or if it's just like, I really need to need people to know because I know when they hear me and when they see me, what they assume. And, and the reason I know that is because I do it. When I see someone that looks like me, I assume, and that's such an asshole thing to do. And I do it. So I'm going to be vocal about it that way. My kids can be like, well, he was a drunk, fat piece of shit, but at least that didn't hit for him. You know, so. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, that video in particular, I think, is why people really want you to consider running because they saw that you're not just all comedy, that you ha- you're emotional and that you're smart and, you know, can have thoughts about things. So, you know, I think that video was a really powerful video and I appreciate that you put it out there. Sure. Uh, and I think the point you're making that we're leaving a trail of breadcrumbs our kids are going to be able to use to figure out 
what kind of people we were is a really good one too. And that's something right. that's true for all of us. Before I let you out of here, I appreciate you giving us all this time. Sure. I wanted to show you, there's one clip that I saw you uh, talk about states' rights and how Republicans use states' rights essentially as an excuse for everything. But before I show you the clip, I want to show you, tell me your thing about states' rights. Was that uh, you, you which, basically said that? Yeah, they use states. Oh, they, oh. Say, they say the Civil War was fought over yeah. states' rights, not so, slavery. Yeah. Go ahead. And and the whole point to me was just like, even if that's true, what was the number one state's right that you guys? I'm so sorry, my dog was just barking. Like no, crazy. you're fine. I, you're but yeah, that great. was that was my thing. Was like, even if like I've always thought how crazy it is that they think that that would make anyone go, oh. Well, okay, you should have shot all them people in. You know what right. I mean? But like, if you really break it down, like that's what all the rights they cared about was. So I want to introduce you to this is Representative Mike Sparks. And he's on his way in this video. When I shot this video, he was on his way to go to a commission meeting to testify about we have a KKK Grand Wizard bust in our capital here. Nathan Bedford Forrest is a general, Confederate general. He's the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. There's a statue honoring him in our capital in a place of prominence that a lot of people are really upset about and want to get out of there. And finally, after a lot of uh, pushing and protesting, the State Capitol Commission had a meeting about moving it and this is Rep. Mike Sparks, who was against that, and he's on his way into the meeting, which eventually they voted to get rid of it. But there's a lot of steps still left to be done. But this is my exchange with him. Okay. Yeah. Was the Civil War fought over slavery? Was the Civil War fought over slavery? I haven't really studied it. Was the Civil War fought over slavery? I just think that we need to we need to, we need to all study history. Was the Civil War fought over slavery? We all need to study. You want to answer that basic question? I mean, there's different, there's different context, different, different. There's different context, different interpretations. That sounds like alternative facts. I believe is it? that's an alternative interpretation to alternative facts. But but you know you can see how hard it is for him to even acknowledge that basic fact because they fight so hard to justify keeping Confederate statues, justify waving the Confederate flag because they won't acknowledge that what that stands for is a war to continue the practice of slavery. What else was it? Like, what was the other thing? What was the other state name? (laughs) The, if if you're seeding them and slavery is number one in the state's rights bracket, what was number 16? What was it going up against? What was to, t- what was the 215? What the <laughs> fuck were these other states' rights that everybody was like, you know what? I hope my 13-year-old shoots your 16-year-old, you son of a bitch. That's how important. What was it? What other states' rights? Beating a woman with a ruler? Which one? Either way, it's bullshit, is what I'm saying. Like, right. no matter what, no matter how you break it down, the war was fought for because. The Southerners wanted to keep their way of life. What was the main difference in their way of life versus the Northern way of life? It was colder up there. That's the only difference. <laughs> no, it ain't. Shut the fuck up. It was slavery. Right. And and we still see it to this day. They use that as an excuse. States' rights, you know, they use it to keep voter suppression laws. You know, there's HR1 right now, which they say is going to take over state elections, but really it's just trying to keep voter suppression laws from taking hold. So the state's rights thing never went away. And on some level, it feels like the Civil War kind of never did either. Th- that bullshit about it. Yeah. I mean, that's these, these same people, too. They're like the the uh, 
the uh, our government should be run on the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments should be in the constitution. The Constitution. Look at that person say. Actually, I think that should be left up to the states and see what they say. Right. You know what I mean? They they don't fucking believe that. They don't believe any of that shit. It's they don't. They know good and well that it was about slavery. It's just that these people are still in the in practice mode of putting on the face of I'm not a racist. Like they're they're playing a character every day. Like they're they're improv artists. They're absolutely tremendous at it. So in in the whole, no, I'm not a racist. I definitely wanted to eat pie next to a black guy in the 50s. Also, in that is the the Civil War was not about <laughs> slavery. Because that's what they used to always say when I was a kid, yeah. when I told you earlier about like I by the way, I believe that they believe this. I believe in my whole heart that they believe this. The point is, is that now you can go you don't have to just rely on your 11th grade history teacher who was also a coach who was also banging one of the cheerleaders, but it was fine back then because it was a different day. You can actually go look at it yourself. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't, we literally, we, when we were off for Martin Luther King day, it was called a snow day. What we were taught about Martin Luther King was always with a caveat. It was always Martin Luther King gave the, uh, the for, I have a dream speech and he was a civil rights leader. And also, he cheated on his wife and was a bad guy, uh -huh. you know, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, I mean, Jesus Christ, look at all he did. I think he's allowed to have some on the side, you know, like, <laughs> what you, you cheated on your wife too, Gary. Where's your statue? <laughs> that's right. You didn't do shit else. That's all you did. So, like, it was, it was very, that's what, what we like whitewashing in its, in its uh, most concentrated form was taught in our history books as kids. And again, I'm not blaming, Every coach and teacher that I had, they were reading what was in the book written by an old white man who didn't want to deal with the fact that he was fucking wrong. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, as for Mike Sparks and you can look at the articles of the Confederacy or whatever it was they wrote, their own speeches, their own paperwork said, we are doing this to preserve slavery. So this is not a secret. And, you know, when Mike Sparks plays dumb, you know, that's just that just gives the game away, frankly, because right. you've had all this time to look this up and you didn't look it up. And, you know, so they're just playing dumb. They know exactly what's going on. But Corey, man, I really do appreciate you coming on here and doing this. You know, I know a lot of people appreciate you speaking out the way they have. It, it definitely is not an easy thing for a comedian or anyone in the entertainment world to sort of cut off half their audience by, by saying this stuff. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope people are willing to hear what you have to say. I don't give a fuck. Good. Well, you shouldn't. We don't either. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, you got a little time now. Give it a think. Don't rule it out because I really do think that you might have the experience of your life running for Congress, especially since you'd be running against this person. Yeah. And, you know, that that right there in itself would be an amazing thing. And and so I'm not going to let you drop it just yet. Well, uh, and if you have any questions about what it actually entails, like day to day, I'm happy to I'm happy to help and talk to you about it. I appreciate you, and I'll consider it. But at present time, I'm just going to continue working on this cartoon I've got, and uh, and <laughs> that's uh, more important. And selling this pilot that that uh, we just wrote. So good. But well, yeah, I mean, look, look, man. Do you want I, to I'm tell not, us about the pilot? Pitch, pitch anything you have that you want people to go check out right I now. I actually can't talk about the pilot I, okay. other than to say, hey, I'm writing a pilot. Uh, but yeah, you just right there. You see it at Corey R. Forster on Twitter. Follow me. Follow me from the holler if you if you ain't. And uh, CoreyRyanForster dot com. I have a I have a pod two podcasts. I have like seven, but two that I will mention. Uh, the Well Read podcast with Trey and Drew, who we talked about earlier. We've been doing that for four years. Um, and also through the screen door with Corey Ryan Forster. That is my personal podcast. Oh, look at there! God dang boy, you quit. 
Um, it's it's sort of the past, I'll be honest with you for those that those out there that listen. I'm sorry that the past couple of weeks have been kind of a departure from our normal format. Our uh, my producer and co-host Matt Coon had tumor surgery, so mm-hmm. it's just been a whole thing. But it's a it's kind of my love letter to like variety shows and Johnny Carson and stuff like that with kind of a southern twist. We talk about movies. Uh, we talk about comic books. I have an opening monologue. There's sketches. There's movie reviews. It's it's fun. Um, so that's all I got going on right now. And uh, but just follow me on the Twitters and, and y'all be safe and shit. All right. Well, we are definitely going to check you out on those things. And I'm going to send you a hat. Can I ask you for one favor before you go? Sure. Can you say I'm Corey Forrester and follow the holler? I'm Corey Forrester and follow the holler. Beautiful. Corey, thanks so much. Let's talk to you again soon. Thanks for and, having uh, me. And keep up the great work. All right. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. Tennessee.